0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Today we move on to another stage in discussing the topic of knowledge and the importance of seeking knowledge and the method or ways in which knowledge is sought. Today we look at the subject of the scholars and identifying the scholars and knowing the true meaning of scholarship. We previously had a reminder about the importance and the status of the scholars and that the religion, learning the religion being an obligation upon every Muslim, learning the religion Uh, is to be done in the correct way and taken from the right sources. And the people uh, from whom religion, the deen should be taken are the ulama, the scholars, because they are the inheritors of the prophets and they are the ones who preserve and pass on and defend and explain the knowledge that is in the Quran and in the Sunnah. And this is our deen so we have to be careful who we take our religion from and this is a maxim which is true and reported from a number of the salaf the pious predecessors that this knowledge is religion and so you should be careful who you take your religion from and this is related As having been said by some of the Sahaba, some of the companions, and it is authentically related from a number of the Salaf, including Al Imam Muhammad ibn Sirin, who died in the year 110 Hijri. He said, Rahimahullah, Inna هذا العلم دين فانظروا عمان تاخذونا دينكم. Inna هذا العلم دين Verily, this knowledge is religion, is the deen. فَانْظُرُوا تَأْخُذُونَ دينكم So be careful, look carefully who you take your religion from. Meaning that knowledge is where we get the religion, our deen from. The religion is based on knowledge. And knowledge for it to be, and so it's a very serious matter. It affects our worldly life and our akhirah, our hereafter. And it affects how we are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's the most serious, the most important thing to be careful about. So a person has to be careful and recognize that if this knowledge is the deen, then we have to be careful who we take this knowledge from, who we take our deen from. It has to be the people of knowledge, the people who have this knowledge and who can faithfully pass it on and teach us it. The noble scholar, al Salih al-Fawzan, ta'ala, when explaining this principle, when explaining this principle and commenting on this maxim, this athar, this statement, that is related from a number of the Salaf, inclu- including Muhammad bin Sidin, when commenting on this, "Inna hād al-'ilm adīnun fānẓuru 'amn ta'khudūna dīnakum." Verily, this knowledge is religion. So be careful who you take your religion from. Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan, says, al فالدين بدون علم لا ينفع فالدين قائم على العلم فلا بد أن يتعلم الإنسان ما يستقيم به دينه أو دينه هذا من الناهية والناهية الثانية أن المشايخ والمعلمين يختلفون منهم من يتق الله ويخشى الله ويربي على العلم الصحيح والعقيده الصحيحه هذا هو الذي يؤخذ عنه العلم اما العالم الضال والعالم المتساهل او المنافق الذي علمه على لسانه فقط هذا لا يجوز اخذ العلم او المبتدع هذا لا يجوز اخذ العلم منه لانه يؤثر على تلميذه this knowledge Is the religion. Because the religion stands upon knowledge. It is based on knowledge. So the religion, deen, religion without knowledge will not benefit. So the religion, the deen, Islam is based and stands upon knowledge. So it is necessary for every person to learn what he can to study and to learn. What what will make his religion upright. And firm. This is one thing. The other thing is that the mashayikh, the people who teach and the sheikhs, they are of different kinds. Some of them are those that fear Allah and obey Allah, and they cultivate and teach and educate based upon correct knowledge and sound aqidah, sound beliefs and sound creed. This is the type of person that knowledge is taken from. As for the scholar, who is misled and misguided, who is astray, or the one who is overly lenient and falls short of the mark, or the hypocrite, the munafiq whose knowledge is merely upon his tongue, then this type of person is not allowed to take knowledge from him. Or the mubtadi' the innovator, the one who adheres and who calls to Bid'ah. It is not allowed to take knowledge from such a person because such a person will affect, will have an effect upon his students. He will influence his students. So this is the point that we know, we have established that knowledge, that this religion, Islam is, can only be upheld and can only be practiced properly based on knowledge. And since the people who speak about the religion, the people who teach, the people who talk are of different kinds, it is very important to be careful who a person takes this knowledge from. And as such, the ulama, the true scholars, are those who have been identified in the Quran and in the Sunnah as being those who carry the knowledge of the book and the Sunnah and who pass it on and who can teach it and who have the right to speak about the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to explain it and to speak about what Allah intended in the Quran and what his messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam intended in the sunnah and to teach this and to tell the people about this so that they can have insight into their religion and they can practice their religion based upon sound knowledge. So the question arises, who is the scholar and what are the qualities of a true scholar from who, uh, who we have been commanded to ask. As Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. And who are these scholars about whom the Prophet Sallallahu said, الْعُلَمَاء The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets, such that we now have to take our religion from these scholars who have inherited the religion and inherited the knowledge from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi So the scholar the true scholar as was indicated previously the scholar has qualities and attributes And he can be identified and recognized through these qualities and attributes and through the ways in which the Muslims from the time of the Sahaba, from the time of the companions onwards, throughout the ages, how they have identified and how they have looked at and respected their scholars. And perhaps one of the nicest, the best explanations of this that you will find uh, in in, in, in how concise and how precise... Uh, it is is the answer given by a sheikh, al imam, the noble scholar Abdul Aziz Ibn Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, who is one of the greatest scholars of modern times, and who is agreed upon his his nobility and his leadership in 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 knowledge and in scholarship. And in calling to Allah, his leadership is agreed upon. It's Unanimously agreed upon that he was from the great scholars. By anyone who has ever smelt knowledge or who has any uh, ounce of intelligence from the Muslims. They are all agreed upon his scholarship and that he is one of the imams, one of the leaders of the muslims in terms of knowledge and religion and virtue in this time and as is typical from him in his explanations and in his answers he was asked once to clarify who the scholar is and he brings together in this answer which i will read to you what the scholars have mentioned and detailed and what we will go into inshallah ta'ala in further detail but he mentions it in a very brief and concise and exact manner. So he was asked to clarify who is the scholar. He said, rahimahullah ta'ala, as is preserved from him in an audio recording and is available in his on his official website, he says, Al-alim huwa alladhee indahu ma'arifatun bi bikalamillah. وكلام رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم ومعرفة المعنى من, من كلام الله وكلام رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لأنه درس على أهل العلم وتبصر وتفقه في الدين وعرف بذلك واشتهر بين المسلمين بعلمه وفضله لا, م- لا بمجرد الدعوة بل اشتهر بين المسلمين وبين اهل العلم بعلمه وفضله فهذا يقال له عالم ويقال للجماعه علماء اذا عرفوا بعلمهم العظيم بالقران العظيم وَالسُنَّةِ المطهره عرفهم الناس بذلك من اهل العلم ودلوا عليهم وارشدوا اليهم وبهذا يكون العامة على بصيرة في هذه الأشياء إذا سمعوا ذلك من أهل العلم الذين يعرفونهم أن فلاناً أن فلان من أهل العلم وأنه يحسن أن يؤخذ بِفَتْوَاهُ وأن يستفاد منه. The noble scholar, His Eminence, الشيخ عبدالعزيز ابن باز رحمه الله تعالى. Was asked to clarify who is the who is the scholar. He said, "Rahimahullah, Allah have mercy on him. The scholar, the alim, the knowledgeable person, is one is the one who has a good knowledge of the words of Allah, the Quran, and the words of His Messenger, the speech of His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, meaning the Sunnah." and who has knowledge of the meaning of Allah's words, Allah's speech and the meaning of the speech of his messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because he has studied knowledge. He has studied with the people of knowledge himself. He has sought enlightenment and understanding of his religion. He has studied this and sought this out and he has become known He is known for this knowledge. He has become famous. He has become famous or well known amongst the Muslims with his knowledge and his virtue. His knowledge and his fadl, his virtue. Not just mere claims. Not by just mere claims, but he's known for his knowledge and his virtue. Not just based upon claims rather he is known and famous amongst the muslims and amongst the other people of knowledge with his knowledge for his knowledge and his virtue such a person is called an alim such a person is called an alim and the plural is ulama scholars when such people are known for their knowledge for their great knowledge their deep knowledge Knowledge of the Quran, the great Quran and the pure sunnah of the prophet sallallahu People know them with this or for this, for having this knowledge, people amongst the other scholars, the people of knowledge know them and they point and guide others to them. Meaning they reference, they refer people to those people, the scholars refer the people to those other scholars. In this way, the public the lay person, the general public will know and have insight into these matters about who the scholars are. When they hear that the people of knowledge who they know already they say that such and such person is from the people of knowledge and that it is good to take his fatwa, to take his verdicts and his rulings and he can be benefited from, he can be learned from then they will know who to take from. And in this response, in this very brief and concise explanation, the Shaykh rahmatullahi alayhi, mentioned a number of things that have been mentioned by the ulama throughout the ages, from the time of the Salaf, the pious predecessors until today. The people of knowledge from our pious predecessors and those who followed them and those who took knowledge from them and passed it on have mentioned a number of things by which a true person of knowledge is recognized so that the people can be uh, can take their religion from them and can learn from them upon insight as was mentioned that this knowledge is religion, so be careful who you take your religion from. And in this response, and in what we will detail, six, five or six things have been mentioned. In this response, there are five or six important points. The first of them is that the scholar, the scholar who has the qualities of a scholar and who which we can know, we we can find out through the appropriate means that he really is a scholar then there are six or five or six things mentioned. The first is that the scholar has knowledge. Let me say that again. The first thing by which a scholar is known is that it is his knowledge. This is not a redundant point, this is not a redundant point as we'll come on to see. And something that many people have forgotten and many people seem to have forgotten with regards to those they take their religion from, is that principally the first thing the scholar and the ulama, the people of knowledge, the first thing they're known for is their knowledge. Meaning, if someone doesn't have knowledge, he's not a scholar and he cannot be taken as one and likewise it's important to know what we mean by knowledge, what we mean by knowledge so that we can distinguish between true knowledge and that which is not considered knowledge of the religion and we can distinguish between the ulama, the scholars and those that may resemble them or may look like them or may sound like them to some people, but who are not actually from them. This is why this point is not redundant. This point deserves some attention. The first quality of the scholar that he is known for is his knowledge. And knowledge is knowledge of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu wasallam and the meaning, the correct meaning of what is in the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger alayhi salat wasallam. This is what our religion is based on and this is the foundation of knowledge. The second thing that has been mentioned in this response and which has been identified as one of the qualities and one of the ways in which a true scholar is known is al-dirasatu ala ahlil ilm that uh, the scholar is one who has studied with the scholars. A scholar is someone who has knowledge, he has good knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah and the meaning of the Quran and the Sunnah and he has because he has taken he has he has uh, studied and taken his knowledge from the people of knowledge himself. And so we have a silsila. we have a chain, of scholarship that goes back from today to the past to the scholars of the past and the al salih the pious predecessors back to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a chain of learning a chain of taking knowledge so a person who is from the people of knowledge he is known for his knowledge of the book of allah and the sunnah of his messenger and This is because he has struggled and he has put in the efforts to study with the people of knowledge. The third point here is that this knowledge and this study of the scholar is a reality proven and it is not a mere claim. It is a reality and is not a claim. It's not based upon just claims of knowledge. The fourth point that is made here in this response is that the person of knowledge, the people of knowledge are well known for their knowledge. They are famous, they are well known for their knowledge amongst the Muslims and amongst the people of knowledge. Amongst the Muslims or amongst the people of knowledge, the other scholars. The fifth point is that the people of knowledge are famous and well-known for their virtue, their fadl, their righteousness and their virtue amongst the Muslims or amongst the people of knowledge. And the sixth point is that the people of knowledge point, they direct you to those who are scholars. The people of knowledge direct, direct others to this person, who is a person of knowledge. So we want to reflect on some of these matters and clarify and remind ourselves about these important points. And as I said, all of these things are mentioned by the ulama and they're mentioned by the scholars from the time of the Salaf onwards, as being things that are important For a person to know know and recognize so that he knows who the true scholar, the people of knowledge are, the people who we take our religion from. We said that the first of them is knowledge. The first of them is knowledge. And we need to remind ourselves here of what knowledge is. When we say knowledge, we mean knowledge of the book of Allah, the Quran and knowledge of the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu wasallam and understanding the Quran and the sunnah correctly according to the understanding of the salaf, according to the understanding of the salaf, how the earliest Muslims understood the Quran and sunnah. And it does not refer to knowledge. Does not refer to the uh, philosophies, various philosophies and ideologies that have been innovated into the religion after the Quran and the Sunnah and after the time of the Salaf. Knowledge is knowledge of the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. With the correct understanding as understood by the people who the Prophet taught, the Sahaba, and those who took that religion and that knowledge from them, the Salaf, the pious predecessors. And this, um, this caveat or this qualification is needed because everyone claims, everyone claims that they take from the Quran and the Sunnah. Everyone claims this. All of the various deviated sects and groups. They all claim that they take from the Quran and they take from the Sunnah of the Messenger in one way or or another or to one extent or another. But what is meant by knowledge is the correct understanding of the Quran and the Sunnah and that correct understanding is that which is, that which was understood and learnt by the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from the Prophet Wasallam. And those who took from them and understood the religion from them and passed it down throughout the ages. And knowledge is not the philosophies, the ideologies and the innovated forms of discussion and what is called knowledge that was innovated after them. And that includes Ilmul Kalam, what what is known as Al-Kalam, the type of uh, 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 discussion in theological and religious affairs, metaphysics, and so on, that was innovated and introduced amongst the Muslims based upon the Ideology and the philosophies that were taken from the Kuffar, the unbelievers of ancient times. From the philosophies of India and the Greco-Roman tradition and so on. This theology which was innovated and introduced amongst the Muslims. And it is foreign to the Quran and the Sunnah. It is foreign to Islam. It is known as Ilmul Kalam. This is not included in knowledge, in fact, this is the type of knowledge which is forbidden for a person to base his religion on, as we'll come on to see. And likewise, mere opinion, pure opinion that is not based upon knowledge from the Quran and the Sunnah, but pure opinion and taste, personal opinion and taste, is not knowledge. This, is, this doesn't fall under the definition of knowledge. And likewise, this definition of knowledge excludes uh, the idea that a person who speaks a lot and a person who knows a lot of issues is someone who has knowledge. Simply by speaking a lot or by being able to speak and because of one's ability to look at all of these innovative forms of knowledge, or his ability to argue, a person who falls into kathratul masail, a person who is able to bring up many issues and arguments and a person who speaks a lot, who is pro- pro- prolific in his speech, then this is also not included in knowledge. Meaning knowledge is not something which is proven and which is known by al kalam, by a lot of speech, having prolific speech and being able to speak and be- be- being able to argue and bring up issues. Knowledge is, as the Salaf mentioned, knowledge is that which Allah puts in the heart of a believer, his knowledge of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and that which produces the fear of Allah and obedience to Allah. That's knowledge. And with regards to its sources, with regards to its sources, it is the knowledge which is taken from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the Sunnah of his Messenger, sallallahu alaihi and what the earliest Muslims, the Sahaba, were upon. Primarily, what they agreed upon, what they had ijma, what they had a consensus upon, of understanding their religion in terms of belief and creed, in terms of halal and haram, in terms of what is good and bad, in terms of. Uh, any affair from the affairs of the Sharia of the law and the teachings of Islam. Knowledge is that which is based in these matters on the Quran, the correct understanding of the Quran and the authentic sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and that which the Sahaba, the companions agreed upon and that which they understood from the, uh, of the quran and the sunnah because they were the ones who had the correct understanding the evidence and the you know many verses from the quran and statements from the prophet sallallahu wasallam in this regard are many and this is one of the areas in the science in the discipline of usul al fiqh the discipline of the principles of fiqh where this matter is discussed and it is mentioned in detail what the usul what the sources and the basis of islam of the law and of understanding in islam it's based upon the quran the sunnah the authentic sunnah Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Ijma' the consensus of the Sahaba the principally the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Ulama the scholars the consensus of the scholars who followed their way in any given time or place and after those principal sources that which, can, that which is not mentioned specifically in the Qur'an and the Sunnah by name, then those type of issues that are not mentioned specifically in the Qur'an and the Sunnah by name, then they are analogized, Qiyas, analogy is used based upon what is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah based upon the principles and the evidence that is, upon the, uh, that is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, then the opinion of scholars, the opinion and the um, efforts, the intellectual efforts of the scholars are employed in those areas where there is no text, there is no specific text to name the issue in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah, so the scholars The qualified scholars, they employ their Ijtihad. They employ their personal intellectual efforts to try to find out that this issue, what does it most resemble in the Quran and in the Sunnah? And therefore, they can come to a conclusion that the ruling on this thing is the same as the ruling on something else which has already been mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah These principles these usul of knowledge this is where knowledge comes from the Quran the Sunnah and the ijma the consensus of the pious predecessors as Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said ma unzila min ma unzila min rabbikum. Follow that which has been revealed to you from your Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to follow that which has been revealed to us from our Lord. Which is the Quran, His Kitab, His book, His words, and the sunnah of His Messenger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal anything outside of that to us to, for us to follow or he did not give us authority and permission or any command to follow anything apart from that which he revealed. اتبعوا ما انزل إليكم من Follow that which has been revealed unto you from your Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Obey Allah and obey the messenger. And there are many such verses in the Quran, which command us to obey the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Wasallam and to take what he came with to us from Allah. And with regards to the understanding, the consensus of the Sahaba, those who took the religion from the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam Then this is also taken from the Qur'an and taken from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that this is a source, this is something that we need to refer back to. And from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ayah in Surah An-Nisa when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described those who deviate. From the path, the correct path. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described those who go against, who contradict the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, part of their description is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ and he follows other than the way of the believers. And he follows other than the Sabeel, the path of the Mu'mineen, of the believers. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nisa, while describing those who oppose the Messenger, and those who deviate from the right path, and those who will end up because of their deviation and their opposition to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa in the hellfire, Allah described them, وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And He follows other than the way of the believers. And the path of the believers is the path of the Sahaba. Because they were the believers. They were the believers who were there at the time of the Messenger wasallam. So those who go against the path of the Sahaba, then they have in reality gone against the path of the quran and the sunnah likewise the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in the famous hadith the famous and widespread hadith reported by imam malik and others taraktu fikum amrain lan tadillu ma bihima kitab allahi wa sunnat I am leaving you, or I have left amongst you two things. You will never go astray as long as you stick to them, as long as you adhere to them. The book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger. And likewise, with regards to following this this path of the Sunnah, and the and the Sunnah and the path of and the importance of following the path of the Sahaba, the way of the companions, in order to be upon the path of the Sunnah, the Prophet ﷺ said in the famous hadith, wa sunnatil min ba'di I- You must follow my Sunnah, And the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me, and beware of everything newly invented, beware of everything newly innovated or invented into the religion. So, here the Prophet commanded us not only to follow his sunnah. But also to follow the sunnah of his khulafa, the sahaba who came after him, at the head of of whom were the khulafa Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. And that their sunnah is the sunnah of the Prophet. Their sunnah, their way, and what they did. After the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Is from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He alayhi salatu Also warned us against. Everything which is newly introduced. Innovated and invented into the religion after this. And this is. The way in which the Prophet sallallahu wasallam told us. That we would be saved from the evils of controversy and uh, and uh, splitting and differences after him because he said this he gave this instruction after he mentioned after he had mentioned to his companions that those who live long will see great controversy will see great differences and then he said, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتي. Then you must follow my sunnah, and the sunnah of the rightly guided caliphs after me. wa وَمُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ And be careful, be, and be warned, beware of everything newly invented, newly introduced into the religion. For this reason, for this reason, because of these and many other proofs from the Quran and the Sunnah these scholars have defined what this knowledge and what 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 deserves to be called knowledge what deserves to be called Fiqh and they have many statements in this regard Al Imam Malik Rahimahullah Ta'ala the Imam of Medina in knowledge in his time the great Imam Malik رحمه الله سد الحكم الذي يحكم به بين الناس حكمان ما في كتاب الله أو ما أحكمته السنة فذلك الحكم الواجب وذلك الصواب والحكم الذي يجتهد فيه العالم رأيه فلعله يوفق وَثَالِثٌ مُتَكَلِّفٌ فما أَحْرَاهُ أَنْ لَا يُوَفَّقْ Al-Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala said, The ruling and the judgment by which judgment is to be made amongst people is of two kinds. That which is in the book of Allah, that which is in the Qur'an, or that which has been judged by the sunnah. That is the obligatory hukum. That's the obligatory ruling and judgment that must be made. وَذَلِكَ الصَّوَابِ And that is what is called correct. And that is what is called correct. After that is the judgment that the scholar makes based upon his efforts based upon exerting his opinion and his understanding, then that is a type of person who will inshaAllah or perhaps be guided to that which is correct. He will be successful in arriving at the correct ruling because he is an alim, he's a scholar, and he hasn't found the judgment in the Quran or the sunnah, so he exerts his intellectual abilities and he uses his ra'i, he uses his scholarly opinion to try to find what is correct and this is a type of person allahu That perhaps he will, it is hoped that he will be given success by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in arriving at the correct judgment. And then he said. Rahimahullah Imam Malik. Wa mutakallifun. Fama ahrahu an la And the third category of person. Or the third person. The third situation. Is a mutakallif. Is a pretender. The one who forces and pretends. At, and who feigns. Knowledge. Because he's not an alim, and he tries to give his opinion, he tries to give his ruling, his judgment. And such a person is likely not to succeed, is likely not to come to the correct ruling. He's very likely, or how likely he is, that he, will, uh, that he, he is, that he will not come to the correct ruling. And likewise, الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى said ليس لأحد أن يقول في شيء حلال ولا حرام إلا من جهة العلم وجهة العلم ما نص في كتاب الله أو في سنة أو في الإجماع فإن لم يوجد في ذلك فالقياس على هذه الأصول ما كان في معناها Al-imam al-shafi'i rahimahullah, the other great imam said, it is not allowed for anyone to say about anything halal or haram except by way of knowledge. Except by way of knowledge. And knowledge, the way of knowledge is that which has been mentioned. That which has been mentioned in the book of Allah, or in the, or in a sunnah from the prophet sallallahu or from the consensus the ijma of the scholars if this thing is not found in those sources then analogy is made of that which is similar to what is mentioned in these sources then analogy is made with that which is similar or which has the same ruling is of the same kind which has been mentioned in these usul, in these principal sources which are the Quran the Sunnah and the Ijma' 'ah. in short and in a very concise manner knowledge the knowledge which we say a scholar must be known for and that's what makes him a scholar the knowledge that we regard as knowledge in Islam is what al-imam, the great scholar, al-imam al-awza'i rahimahullahu ta'ala summarized in a very poignant and very beautiful way. If you want to summarize all of this, then it is as al-imam al-awza'i rahimahullah, the great scholar from the time of the salaf, from the time of the prior predecessors, he was an Imam himself, he was known as an Imam. He said to one of his companions, one of his students, another person of knowledge from, from that generation or from those times, baqiya uh, ibn Walid, he reports. He said, Qala lil al-ilmu ma ja'a, an ashab Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ma lam yaji an ashab Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa laysa biilm baqiyah ibn al-Walid rahimahullah reports he said al-Awza'i al-Imam al-Awza'i said to me ya Baqiyah he said Oh Baqiyah knowledge is what has come down to us from the Ashab, from the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and that which did not come from the companions that which does not come by way of the Sahaba of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bi ilm then it is not knowledge then it is not knowledge so that is what knowledge is that is what knowledge is and this knowledge is what is in the Quran and what is in the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu wasallam and what the sahaba, the companions of the prophet sallallahu wasallam took and what they understood from the Quran and from the sunnah. That is knowledge and this rec- and this means that a person of knowledge for a person to be regarded as a person of knowledge he has to have this knowledge and for him to have this knowledge he would have had to acquire it and in order to acquire it he would have had to study because the prophet sallallahu said inna al-ilm bit-ta'allum inna al-ilm knowledge comes from studying, comes from learning. Knowledge comes from learning. And this is a statement of the messenger sallallahu that tells us, it reminds us that in order to acquire knowledge some effort, some action has to be taken. And, that, and knowledge doesn't just come like revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the prophets and messengers. For people who are not prophets and messengers, knowledge doesn't descend to them, doesn't descend upon them from the sky. Knowledge doesn't, uh, doesn't is not passed down from father to son through some inheritance. Knowledge is not something that a person just has through no effort and through no learning. Knowledge is by learning. Knowledge comes from learning. And as such, the scholar and the student of knowledge, the Talibul Ilm, if he is to acquire, and if he is to be known for acquiring or for having knowledge, then he must have studied it. He must have taken it. And he must have exerted some effort to acquire it. And that is why, That is why one of these qualities of the scholar is that he is known to have studied with the people of knowledge. He is known to have put effort and time into knowledge and acquiring it. Because to understand the book of Allah, to have a good understanding of the book of Allah, and the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu And to know the meaning of the Quran and the sunnah overall. So that you have an overall understanding of Islam from the Quran and the sunnah. Then this takes time. And this takes efforts. And to have the correct knowledge. From the book and the sunnah. And from the pious predecessors. From Salafus Salih means. That a person must take this knowledge from the correct Sources and the and the people of knowledge. As the Prophet sallallahu said, يحمل هذا العلم يحمل هذا العلم من كل This knowledge will be carried through every generation or through every following generation by the trustworthy scholars, the trustworthy people. So the Prophet Sallallahu described knowledge and the, the method of transmission of this knowledge from him Sallallahu Wasallam down through the generations. He said it would be carried by the trustworthy people. It will be carried by the trustworthy people. Right? So therefore knowledge Is taken from its people. And so. The scholar. The true scholar. And the true student of knowledge. The one who studies. The one who is acquiring knowledge. Is a person. Who is trying to acquire knowledge. Of the Quran and the Sunnah. And the correct understanding. Of the Quran and the Sunnah. And he does so. And the scholar has done so through studying and taking knowledge from the people of knowledge, himself. So the scholar himself has studied with scholars. And this discussion about knowledge, what knowledge is and what constitutes knowledge also reminds us to conclude today It reminds us that knowledge, if it is the knowledge that is in the Quran and the Sunnah, and knowledge which has come down to us from the Sahaba, the understanding of the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, then this excludes a number of things. As we said, this excludes things like philosophies and ideologies that have come from other people. That have come from the unbelievers the kuffar whether it be in matters of theology or metaphysics or whatever it be even in issues of fiqh in, even in issues of legal and and jurisprudence that which comes from other than the muslims that comes from other than the quran and the sunnah and the prophet then it is foreign to knowledge and it is not part of knowledge and likewise this excludes kalam wal masail. This excludes those type of discussions which just involve speaking a lot and bringing up a lot of issues when they are not based on the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It excludes a personal opinion and taste that is not based upon the Qur'an or the Sunnah. And we will look at these matters a bit further, inshaAllah Ta'ala, when we look at the uh, distinguishing, distinguishing between those who are scholars, the true scholars, and those who some people th- mistake for being scholars. Or some people treat as scholars when they are not scholars. So we'll continue with that بإذن الله تعالى in the next class. أقول هذا والله تعالى الله وسلم على wa محمد wa sahbihi والسلام عليكم برحمة الله.